Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoking Rope Podcast. Today is episode 39, and we are super excited to have the COO of Rare today, uh, Patrick Frakes. Patrick, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Ryan, Kevin. I really appreciate you being here and uh, looking forward to participating. Awesome. Yeah, we got some good stuff to talk about today. We're also going to delve in besides uh, Patrick's past and Rare uh, the the change, the flip in the market uh, from October when it, it flipped suddenly, and then the flip that's happened now. It's uh, kind of adjusted a little different, though. I got some points on that, and I'm looking forward to hearing Patrick's take on it. Uh, with that, of course, we got Tom Beller up in Real Leaf Solutions. Uh, I guess the weather is great up there, Tom. What's happening? It's a beautiful day, man. Spring is in the air, and the loons are back, so we're pretty pumped. All right. All right, and Kevin over at True Cannabis. Kevin, how you doing today? Doing good, Ryan. Uh, enjoying the, uh, the the fresh air that's come in today. 80 degrees, man, down here in Lansing. It's, it's a beautiful day, so super excited to be here and uh, look forward to chatting it up. Are you going to be uh, hitting the golf course? Unfortunately not. Um, I got my father-in-law installing some cabinets over at my new house, and if he found out I was at the golf course and not helping him, he probably <laughs> wouldn't be so happy. Yeah. So no. no. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of course, I wanted to give Patrick a little bit longer uh, introduction. Um, I first met Patrick. I'd seen him uh, at some Leone Township meetings. Uh, I was down there for a lot of those, and Leone Township is where uh, 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 Rare has their grow and, and their processing, I believe, as well. And then uh, early on, when uh, I started the uh, help start the MICIA with Robin and, and the crew, and uh, we went and we called on uh, Patrick and uh, met him out at the uh, construction trailer, and uh, while uh, and while the the building was still being built, so uh, Pat was all on board right away. It was a great first first meeting, and um, definitely uh, was into the association, into helping with social equity and into being inclusive and not exclusive, which uh, I was really appreciative of and had stayed in touch really since then. But since then, you've, uh, you've come a long way. I, uh, you guys got uh, multiple stores opening, your grow's hitting, your process is hit, uh, processing is hitting, and um, really one of the, the vertically integrated companies, in my opinion, that are, are doing it for the right reasons in, in Michigan. And we really appreciate your, your um, I guess, really your, uh, your attitude towards it all. And then also um, like being, being on, on our side to, to help make sure that this is an inclusive state and we do, do try to include all the people. So with that, Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Rare, and then uh, tell us what happened to you when you were 18. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, guys. Again, um, you know, I have been a cannabis user um, most of my adult life, really all of my adult life and some of my teen life, um, you know, and, and uh, to put it bluntly, you know, I was a, a kid who was a, a good kid, but always, you know, found a way to get in trouble. And, um, you know, my mom and dad split up when I was five and there was way too much free time on my hands. And I think I had my, my first arrest was when I was 13, actually, driving my dad's car 
and uh, hitting a guy at a 7-Eleven parking lot, not a good first start, but you know, I had uh, experimented with drugs and, and cannabis. Um, and you know, when I was 15 years old, I fell in love with the Grateful Dead and me and my buddies all were pretty much deadheads. And you know, I'm very thrilled of my memories from 15 to 18. I, I saw 15 dead shows over those three years basically did this East Coast run every year through the Mid-Atlantic region. You know, I would follow them up and down 95 as they were touring. And, you know, we, sometimes we'd live in the Volkswagen van. A buddy of mine actually had a Volkswagen van. And uh, it, was, it was such a great memory for me. And, you know, one of the things that was so tragic about November 1st, 1985 was I had been completely, I mean, I was 18 years old and two months, so I was a naive, kid already, but the the dead family was such an inclusive, warm, welcoming, uniting group of people, you know, and that was really, you know, I felt so much love and comfort every time I was doing my dead show weekends. And Richmond, Virginia thought it would be a great idea to um, shoot fish in a barrel. And so they put 25 undercover cops at my show in Richmond, Virginia on November 1st and I was tailgating with a bunch of my buddies just getting ready for the show and um, a, a guy with long hair and a scraggly beard and a steal your face t-shirt came up and started talking about how much fun he had had touring with the dead and how sad he was that he didn't have anything and he was sober as a brick that day and and I really much more than thinking about making a few bucks I just wanted to give the guys something to have for the show because he was whining about not having anything so he said, let's go around the corner and I could just give him 20 bucks worth. And, and uh, before I even got the $20 in my hand, the handcuffs came on. And I couldn't believe it, you know, I was really shocked. But um, the, the more disappointing thing was after I was in holding cell for four days, because they arrested 225 kids in one night. And so all of us could not be processed right away. So. The city was thinking it would be fun to take their time putting us all in front of the magistrate. And so we said, well, they actually had to transfer us to the Richmond City Jail because they had no room in the local police station for that many people. And so I was actually in the Richmond City Jail with people who were convicted serving their sentences for four days with a bunch of us. And all of us were high school or college kids. Nobody was a grown up, nobody was a drug dealer. They were just people at a dead show. And then after I finally got uh, bailed out and processed, um, you know, the prosecuting attorney was immediately, you know, saying, oh, you're a, a, a good kid, you're in college, don't screw your life up with going in front of the judge, just plead guilty to a felony and I'll make sure you don't get any jail time. And so my dad immediately said, you're gonna plead guilty to that felony because we're not gonna risk any of this. And I did, you know, and, and at 18 years and two months, or actually it was the following May when I went to court and got this handled. But yeah, at that point I was a convicted felon and still today I'm a convicted felon, you know, and, and having to live with that challenge my whole life, um, you know, and, and getting around that. And, and, you know, at first I used to try and, and just not put it on my application and lie to people. And, and then, um, you know, some, as I got older, you know, the internet started coming around and everybody started tracking and finding out these things. So I had to really be upfront about it. But, you know, it's something that has stayed with me my whole life, obviously. 
And, you know, the more as I got older, you know, I was able to be successful in business and, and get past it. Um, but as we started to see cannabis then become legalized, as you can imagine, um, I immediately was drawn to it. You know, cannabis as an adult has been a very huge part of my health and wellness. You know, I definitely feel like it's the smartest thing I ever did. Um, you know, my brother and my father were both heavy drinkers. You know, I'm an Irish, come from an Irish alcoholic family, you know, and I was drinking a lot after college too. And so I, I, I was very cognizant when I said, man, you know, I, I need to just lay off the alcohol and if I'm gonna have a vice, I've gotta focus on cannabis because I can still do what I gotta do, still function, don't have withdrawals, don't have hangovers. And, um, you know, it was the greatest decision of my life because I think it helped me be more productive, a better father, a better husband, um, you know, and it didn't have all that baggage that hard drugs and alcohol have. So I've always been a big believer in the plant and, and I've seen the benefits it's had on me. And then, you know, my parents both passed away from cancer. But when my mom was passing away, you know, she used cannabis through edibles and it had such a huge impact on the final month of her life and, and my interactions with her and my kids and everything. So, you know, it was always getting smacked in the face, you know, through 2000s and early 2010s that, you know, this is uh, necessary for, for it to be accessible to everybody and, and has to stop being illegal. So, you know, when legalization happened in Colorado, I started to dream about moving out to Denver and getting in the business there. And, but, you know, I was knowing that that was not the right move, but Michigan was um, always a state I was in love with. And I was watching very carefully as the new legislation was being passed. And as soon as it did get passed, I, I immediately said to my wife, I said, look, this is gonna be my career for the rest of my life. This is gonna happen. I have to do this. And I was lucky enough that I had been in business development. So I started going around and meeting growers. And really that's all I did was go around and spend time with growers, go into different grows. I went to illegal grows in California, up in Humboldt. I went to very highly automated grows that were legal in Washington and Colorado. And uh, really learned about the ins and outs of the business. And um, got licensed here in Michigan um, early on in 2018 and we had always wanted to be a vertical brand not because of the profit motive so to speak but more about just creating quality and creating a brand that was based on <clears throat> high premium products you know really and uh, as a guy uh, before legalization happened you know I'd spend a lot more money on my weed because I was buying the you know the high end old school i call it skunk yep. <laughs> and uh, and lansing right right you know and so i was always spending more money because i needed better product and i always could tell the difference between that and the regs and the swag that was out there and uh, i wanted to be a part of that and have a premium product line when we were getting into the business so for us the idea of a vertical and building a brand was always very attractive it was a lot more of a challenge as you know than just coming in on one side or the other. Um, but, you know, I was really, really blessed and very lucky to meet great people that wanted to jump on board with me. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud of our team at Rare, you know, much, much more important than anything we've got in our company is the quality of people. And, and really everybody has that same mindset that I have. We're, we're consumers of cannabis. 
We believe in the plant. We believe in the caregivers of Michigan. Um, we believe what they accomplished here was a monumental task. And, you know, we have a lot of them that are working with us now. And, um, you know, I, I, the, the first thing I always say is I thank them because I would not be here with a job living my dream uh, without the caregivers of Michigan. So, you know, from my perspective, it's always been frustrating that there's been any type of, of trying to, to move them out of this industry because, you know, our business model originally was to have caregiver spotlight in each of our stores. So the caregivers from each local community were going to be able to showcase their brands in our stores. And then we would know, we could pick, you know, who has the, who are the best caregivers in this region, who has the best quality and, and cool. continue to highlight those guys. And then it was MRA and their ruling eliminating that possibility that made us pivot and change our business plan. That's and a good, that was, a, that would have been cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, it was a great idea and it makes all the sense in the world. And so, you know, as a brand, the only message we want to pass along to the caregivers and patients in Michigan is we support you, we believe in you, and we think that you do deserve to have a place in this industry. I mean, it's still to this day, it, it really gets me pissed off because, um, you know, there's every other industry. You can have a craft beer, you can have a Budweiser, you can have a hairdresser cutting hair out of her house, and you can have a high-end salon down the street, and everybody's allowed to operate in that environment so i don't know why caregivers can't have that opportunity as well that's that's great patrick and we thank for thanks for that because it's what's going on right now the people in lansing that are that are still trying to do that and and push that and and that thing is are some of the people we've been battling from since 2015 uh 15 even before that on the other side but then when they were trying to go with the big 10 10 grow model that failed in ohio you know it's those same people so now it's nice to have uh more allies that are uh you know uh doing it for the right reasons and i definitely felt that when i met you that's why i was excited to have you on the show and watching your progress and and staying in touch what can you tell us a little bit about like your your social equity uh program i know you you're very inclusive um day one when i met you uh um i knew a lot of the you had a lot of w uh, women high up in the in the company and everybody seemed happy and happy to be there um you know so that that's that's what i'd like to look at as uh, when i meet people is what, what really what their employees are acting like and and try to read them that tells me a lot so tell us about that yeah so um you know it really wasn't done by design um but my the head grower that we wanted to come on board her name is ashley hubbard and she was running uh, Strainwise in Colorado, I think was the third licensee in the state of the adult use market. And she was running a big 50,000 square foot grow, had a huge team. And she is, you know, she's, she's an incredible person, first of all, um, but she knows commercial growing. She's been doing this a long time. She got her master's in plant population genetics, got her degree in botany. Uh, she actually saved a, a, a very a variety of cactus from going extinct before she ever got into the cannabis space. So, you know, during during her thesis for her master's, they actually went after this uh, species of cactus. And then it was about seven years later, just recently since she came to work for us, that it was taken off the endangered species list. And, and so she got published because they had accomplished that task. So um, she, she's a, a great human, a great grower. She has an amazing passion. You know, they use that term 
you know, a plant whisperer, you know, but she has, she has the ability to, to understand plants and when they have stressors or, or whatever's going on, she can really identify those. And she, she's an amazing leader as well. So she has this positive attitude in chemistry that just it kind of exudes from her and her team um, really feeds off that. And so, you know, we at The Grow, we probably have about 70% women. Um, and then, you know, as we were continuing to build our team, our, our director of processing, Marley Hodson, is a chemical engineer. And we really felt like processing, it was important for us to have somebody with a chemical engineering background because we felt, as you guys are seeing right now, the processing side of cannabis is just getting started. You know, and there's so many different ways to process this plant and the oil and turn it into concentrates and vapes and, you know, things like a live resin cart. You know, a live resin cart is something I love. And, uh, you know, it's oh, yeah. so much better than distillate. And, um, you know, you get these solventless concentrates now that are coming out that are just really next level, much smoother than shatter. And so, you know, I knew having a chemical engineer, she has an amazing amount of knowledge that uh, really helps kind of move this thing forward. And she's been absolutely a rock star so far. She's been incredible. And then Molly McFadden is our director of retail ops. She had been working for a large medical marijuana uh, vertical in Florida, and she had been already groomed for uh, retail management experience working for a Fortune 500 company. So she was really incredibly talented as well. And she has this ability to, to really help and create that consumer experience at the point of sale that all of us in cannabis are looking for. And you guys know it, you guys are all experienced cannabis users, but it doesn't mean you don't have questions about, hey, what do you guys got? Well, how are you growing? And so, you know, we try to do things differently and that's really why we came up with our, our logo and our name is Rare, because we want to be different. We don't want to be the kind of cannabis company that's a, you know, a money grab. And obviously the air is a part of our growing technology because we grow aeroponics. So, you know, aeroponics is, is a really fascinating grow methodology that um, you know, provides an enormous amount more oxygen to the plant and it has a more um, free-flowing you know, intake environment for the plant that the plant can consume water and nutrients when it wants. When it doesn't, it just runs off and it's always available, but never too much. And you, know, you get a full flush with aeroponics. You don't have to worry about the soil when you're flushing at the end of the harvest. So I think there's a lot of benefits to, to what aeroponics can do for the grower, obviously it saves us a lot of labor because we don't have to deal with dirt management, which is incredible. Um, but really the most important reason why we wanted to do it because we really felt like it does provide a quality premium cannabis that is also can be repeated every time. So you don't have, you know, one time your platinum garlic is testing at 26%, then the next time it's testing at 17. Obviously that's not good for anybody. So the consistency that you get in aeroponics has been amazing too. So uh, really geek out on it, really love the growing technology and uh, think it's something that is very unique for us. We're the only ones doing it in Michigan. And I, I think that has a lot to do with where we are with legalization. Um, because you know you don't have access to funds and it costs a lot more money to build an aeroponic grow. Yeah, hats off to you, man. I mean, that is like a, 
that's like a dream scenario for us. Like we're still in soilless medium and everything. And so also provides a little bit of a buffer if there's something were to happen, not as a systemic, but you know, obviously you guys are all on your game. Sounds like you are, uh, everyone is, you know, extremely, um, professional and knows what they're doing. It's amazing how much we learn every day in this industry and with cannabis, it's been that way you know, for centuries as we as we grow with the plant. Um, we're just scratching the surface about, you know, all growing techniques, like you were saying, processing techniques. Um, you know, there's nothing more, um, there's nothing with more ingenuity than a pot smoker, I think, honestly. And- uh, Yeah, that bubble and, thing matters a lot too, what you said, because, you know, with aeroponics, you really, it, the plant is very susceptible to stressors. Um, yep. You know, and that's one of the reasons why the automation in our facility, you know, we have basically like a, a medical grade facility here. So everybody goes through air showers, they put on the scrubs. We have a, a crazy, crazy biosecurity program that actually makes sure we all maintain. So even with like the, the COVID mask, you know, you're not allowed to wear a COVID mask from the front of the building to the back of the house. You have to grab a, a disposable one when you get back there. So she, she leaves no stone unturned to make sure because you're right, the, the buffers are not there for, for aeroponics. And so the plant needs to have it be like San Diego, California all the time in here to keep it happy. I was reading, um, did a little bit of research on you. And uh, you had mentioned in, in another <clears throat> interview about how you feel about the, uh, the indica and sativa uh, label uh, labeling of uh, of cannabis, especially these days, and uh, I don't know if you want to just speak to that a little bit because I think that uh, you're in a, you're definitely absolutely correct in this. Yeah, I appreciate it. I don't know if this is going to work, but this is one of our packages right here, and you can see we have a bar chart um, that's showing the terpene profiles on the strain. So it shows the cross genetics of the strain, shows terpene profiles. And then over here it shows the effects, but at no point on our package does it say indica and sativa. And the reason why, I mean, I think we all kind of share the same opinion on this and it's more factual. You know, we've been, we've been crossbreeding cannabis for thousands of years, basically. I don't know how much the crossbreeding has been going on that long, but definitely there's so many uh, genetics that have been mixed and, and crossbred that everything is variation of a hybrid, you know, and it's very rare that you would see something that could even test, you know, really heavily towards the sativa or indica side of it. You know, to say it's really a 99% indica or 99% sativa, I think that's really impossible at this point. Yeah, and what is that test? Exactly. Can right. you tell me what that test is? No, no. I, I don't know. Does. Right. So you can do a test and see what's in there, but you don't know how to you, to quantify it into one of those categories for sure. So yeah, it's great know. to see you guys moving in that progressive direction too in your packaging and educating your customers. It's awesome. Well, and you guys know it too. Man, I, I was the guy when I'd go to Denver or California, I would be, I'd walk in and say, well, what's your highest THC content? I, w I would. I was that guy too. And I had to go through the education, but you know, since I've been a grower now, you know, I'm trying everything and you know, my go-to strain is sour banana sherbet for nighttime. Um, it really does a great job of relaxing me. Um, it has three very balanced terpene profiles in there of um, myrcene, pinene, and terpenaline, but um, it, it never tests at 20%. 
It tested, you know, 19, 18.7, and uh, I, I definitely get just as high, if not higher, than I do when I smoke the platinum garlic, which is 29. And so, you know, I really want everybody to understand what that entourage or ensemble effect really is and what that the cannabinoids are creating and flavonoids and the terpenes. It, it, it truly is a, a masterful recipe that nature has come up with and we're obviously getting involved with it. But, you know, um, the, the THC factor is just a, it, it's just a part of it. It's not, it's not the, the overall. That's a, that's a great point, uh, Patrick. I, we've talked about it all the time, and it's really frustrating. One of the aspects of legalization that's frustrating is like in 2010, I had a dispensary on Michigan Ave, and we had the whole everybody understanding the patients that it wasn't about THC, all this stuff. And this is 2010, and they're all educated, and then come back to it. And, I, and I'm dealing with buyers sometimes, oh, a, lot of, like, a lot of times that are asking that and I usually just you know tell them probably not the right brand for their store but speaking of that I, I do want to talk about the what happened in the market because it's significant in, um, in in Michigan so what happened in October when the market went on went on its went on its head all of a sudden uh, prices dropped there was uh, there, we, we talked about all those reasons and it's slowly been picking up but in the last two weeks, um, the sales in Michigan dispensaries that I know of are, are just every, a lot of people are having record days and that's increased the the turnover of of those crops and I mean as, as far as like the you know as far as the shelf space and people are buying again and it's a frenzy out there right now I know I, I think Kevin and, uh, and I know Kevin is but I know I think Tom is as well like redemption right now we're all sold out so um, more is coming. We're building that up. But what what have you seen as far as on the wholesale side, and then what have you seen on the retail side, uh, Patrick? Yeah. So um, you know, you're right. Obviously, I agree with you. Um, you know, we are sold out actually right now too, which is incredible. Um, nice. A couple of months ago, I had I was getting worried that we were getting a backstock, and we were getting really everybody was loving us and giving us favorable reviews. Um, but you know, they were saying the same thing. Well, I'm not really moving a lot of product on with my shelves right now. I can't buy from you right now. And prices were dropping. Um, and you know, we have, we're going to always be, um, more of a premium brand, you know, that's our goal. So we don't ever want to have the cheapest wholesale prices in Michigan. And I was very pointed with buyers that that was the case, but now they're not asking for those discounts from us, you know? And so we've been. I mean, I sold a lot in the last few weeks and people are saying, you know, and it's fantastic to hear the feedback. I've had a lot of people saying, I heard you have the best flower in the state. And obviously that's not true because you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice recovery. Kevin. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, but, and actually, uh, Patrick, I did hear um, from a manager, a guy that runs one of the stores in Grand Rapids, you guys dropped it off and he ran up to Muskegon to try some more and, uh, said the solventless was he was expecting to be midzy and it wasn't so that's a big compliment coming from him <laughs> um, yeah. and uh so it's pretty awesome so I'm, I'm hearing that as well yeah and that's what it's all about you know you know we have a bunch of growers that are trying to create a good product you know and i'm not going to throw any growers under the bus but you guys know that there's growers out there that have been saying just turn it just turn it get it out i don't care what you get for it you know but Meanwhile, my team is focusing on making sure our drying rooms are at 60 at 60. 
uh, all the time and they're doing water moisture tests and we're getting terpene profile tests so we can actually know what our terpene content is you know, and be able to translate that to the buyers because terpenes matter to us and we want that flavor, we want that smell. And um, you know, I've always said, I'll never say I've got the best cannabis in Michigan. I always say we're striving to have quality cannabis because there's too many great growers out there and, and you guys know it and they all deserve the props. Yeah, a ton of great growers. Hey Patrick. It's, it's Kevin over at yeah. True Cannabis. Um, I was just curious where the name uh, Rare came from. And then uh, I wanted to kind of have you talk about uh, some of the products that you're offering and, and what are the, uh, the areas that you guys are concentrating on um, as far as products Thanks. go. So we were always trying to come up with a single syllable name that was simple and that did not have the word green or canna in it. <laughs> so we, we wanted to have that different kind of name and you know we were going back and forth with variations on, on it but because of the aeroponics we thought you know that rare made a lot of sense because it was a play on words about being different as well um, and, and again we wanted to be short and so it was always going to have to be a single syllable name and we worked with the marketing team um, to help come up with this um, ironically it was my partner and the founder, Kevin McFadden, who, who finalized, and they were trying to do Raise, I think, with a Z. And then he's like, well, why don't we just say Rare, since we grow in the air? And uh, that was it. That's how it, we stuck with it after that. And uh, again, never wanted to have any green in our logos, you know, and wanted to use brighter, you know, more solid colors, you know, and so the gradient between red and blue is not just our background for our logo, but it's also the, the range for our packaging. So, you know, again, trying to get away from indica and sativa terms, but you know, there is a daytime cannabis and there's a nighttime cannabis, you know, for energy boosting and relaxation, focus, these kind of things. So we do use our daytime strains are with red packaging, nighttime strains are blue and the hybrids are everywhere in between. So we've got a, a burgundy and a maroon and purple colors. And so that's where we're trying to give some guidance to the shoppers of what they can expect when they're getting something from us. Um, but, you know, we do want to have high-end flower. We have um, 16 strains uh, that we're currently um, going to be putting in our stores and, and some of them sell wholesale. Most of them we sell wholesale as well, um, but we are, creating, um, you know, concentrate lines as well. Um, we're not trying to have all these different types of concentrates because there's a lot of them and we can't be great at everything. But we've kind of focused on, you know, solventless is, is a big part of us. So we, we do have a rosin, have a live rosin, a crumble. We actually, right now, we're getting a THCA powder that looks incredible. I haven't tried it yet, but, um, you know, so bubble hash, these are the items and, and really the vape carts, while they're very you know basic and we're moving into to more boutique items with vaping, uh, we've been getting an enormous amount of love on our vape carts because we use cryogenic ethanol. And again, Marley's a chemical engineer and knows what she's doing. And you know, I wasn't really trying to puff my chest out too soon um, based on my own experience. But you know, when I used to do vape carts, um, you know, they always made me cough, and I never liked to high that much. Um, and now that we have these live resin carts, 
Um, definitely feel like it's more full spectrum. It's got some CBD and CBG in there, reintroducing the terpenes from that plant back into it. Um, and, and I really think these live resin carts are just unbelievable. Um, and we did get a second place on our rosin, sour banana sherbet rosin, with uh, the um, provisioning center cup that was run by Judge Strains. And we have uh, another entries going into the High Times Cup and the MMR report. So hoping to get some more awards and trophies, but we got a got third place on our flower for peanut butter breath and got the second place on the rosin. And um, that peanut butter breath is incredible too. It's one of my favorite strains. It's really purpley. It's got a real great flavor combination of all the terpenes. And uh, it came from Nick, uh, Fire and Ice Genetics out of Michigan, uh, Western Michigan. I don't know if you know those guys, but he's a caregiver. And, um, you know, always want to publicize where we got them from and give him the props for those genetics. That's, that's awesome. I, uh, I was going to say, man, definitely if, uh, if you found, had some extra peanut butter breath and some sweet, rare swag, uh, uh, I'm never against it on, uh, if I see you possibly soon. <laughs> uh, but, uh, for sure. All right, cool, cool. No, well, one thing I do, it's kind of interesting because I, I love the fact that you guys are pushing the, not the THC thing and, and, and indica and sativa. Um, I am starting to see, I don't know if, uh, if Tom, you've seen it as well and, and the other, and you guys as well too, but I'm talking to more stores that aren't that interested in much of it, at it. And the, the response I'm getting is, well, we're educating our, you know, our customers on the truth about the cannabis plan. It's not, we're not trying to trick them. We're going to give them the real knowledge. And I know my brand does does a lot better in all those stores when, when, when there's an education going on. It doesn't matter for Tom because Tom's flower is great and it's super high testing THC. So he's he's got it all. But, um, you know, what are you what are you uh, seeing on that, Patrick and, and Tom, uh, as far as like with the stores? Is it still all about that? Or are you getting some 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 going now that are kind of more realistic? And, and, you know, in two years, it's probably all the stores are going to be telling the truth. I've noticed everybody still wants to see the numbers, but they they matter less. So I think I've been beating my head against the wall long enough with a lot of these stores that they are <clears throat> starting to understand that. I just we just don't want to have that conversation. We want to talk about education, and yeah. uh, but you know it still comes up on a daily basis, and for better or for worse, you know we try to check all the boxes just to you know to stay competitive, and you know I also enjoy smoking something like that to see how high you can get thc content and something is actually it's it, it's a it's also a an art form in its own right too but uh, it's not the end all be all like we all know yep. and we no, have everything from 18 to you know 34 so we try to check all the boxes for people and we do run terpene profiles and you know we do have these everything the literature available for bud tenders whether they choose to use it or not yeah, we've seen the same thing basically, and you know we're we're trying, you know, on our social media at Rare Systems, you know, on Instagram, um, we do a lot of education there, and I know we're not alone. A lot of other people are doing the same thing because we need to get this knowledge out to the consumers and the patients. But um, you know, for us, we're a new brand. We're still, you know, just getting our name out there. You know, it's important for me not to try and be like some of the other big verticals that were just promoting themselves and marketing themselves like crazy through the news before they had ever accomplished anything you know and at the same time, 
At the same time, I'm hearing them brag about themselves. I'm like, I'm getting products sent to my processing lab for toll processing that's full of seeds and looks like crap, you know, from the same company. So I was like, hey, wait a second, man, you know. Um, yeah. But for, for us, you know, it, it has always been about, you know, producing it first and knowing we can back up what we're saying. So now that education we know is going to be a long process for us through our social media content, but that's a big, big amount of our content is just getting that education out there. Yeah, that's that's really cool, and I know with uh, with hopefully uh, people getting back out, and hopefully by the summer the COVID's going way down, and just getting all that more face to face with your with your staff because I know you train them and you're teaching them the right things. So that is that's uh, man, I'm I'm glad you came to Michigan, Patrick. We need more uh, we need more people like you, that's for sure. Uh, we're running low on time, so I wanted to, like always, wrap up and uh, give the guys a chance to say some uh, parting thoughts and thanks. So, Tom, Relief, go ahead. Well, pleasure to meet you and speak with you, man. It's uh, it's great to hear, you know, what you guys are up to, and I'd love to come down and check out what you got going on at some point for sure. And uh, and I'm really really sad to hear that you didn't make it into that Richmond show in '85. Uh, there was uh, it's uh, I was checking out the set list and uh, it was a killer show. But man, did you actually did you end up going to any other shows after that experience? No, that was my last dead show. To be honest that, with you, jeez, man, that's so horrible. They they really they cracked down in the eighties hard and the nineties. Yeah. It, it got it, it, a, it got ugly. For me, in yeah. the beginning, it was kind of an emotional baggage from it. Sure. But then after Jerry died, I had a real opinion about how I didn't need to go anymore because my hero was gone. Yeah, man. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> cool. Kevin, over at True. Yeah, Patrick, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, it's refreshing to hear that um, we have more people similar to Tom and I out there than we probably originally thought. Uh, glad that you're doing things the right way. Um, real quick, uh, tee it up for us. Where uh, where can we get your products? Uh, I'm in the Lansing area. Is there somewhere I can grab some flour? Um, actually, next week, Bizanzos will have it, but um, not not until next week. I got to get, like I said, I'm out of stock. I, I just helped him supply his Walled Lake store and basically um, cleaned me out uh, between that and the other orders I had already placed. So um, I don't think there's another place in Lansing right now, but we do have our stores in Muskegon and Bay City, and they are in um, some stores throughout the state. So um, Gage has been a big buyer, not to, sorry to throw the name out there, but um, they're out there. Yeah, they, gave, uh, they, gave me, they gave me $50,000, I love Gage. Oh, that's right. Right. Of course you do. I love Gage. I love Gage. Yeah. Well, Gage has been a big fan of ours, and they, they've been making large purchases and, and getting great feedback from them as well. So um, we're out there, and certainly we're going to be out there more. This year, we've got new stores opening up in Kalamazoo, Lowell, and Big Rapids coming up in the next six cool. months. Cool. Well, I wish you guys the best, and I look forward to trying some of your flour, and uh, super happy to have you as a uh, member of the M MICIA. Look forward to possibly seeing you this summer. Well, and also, you guys, any time you guys are coming through Jackson, please, I do want to have you here at the Grow. I would love to have you in, and uh, Ryan is is one of my heroes. He's uh, he's a true legend, and, and, and being able to associate with you guys is really great for me. I really appreciate all of you. Well, thanks. Feelings mutual, like man. 
Yeah, that's a that's a well, that's a that's a nice uh, segment uh, to end on. But I uh, know anything else, Patrick? You want to say to the guests? Uh, no, but I I really again, you know, caregivers and what you guys accomplish is is what gave me my dream job. So I, I thank you very much, and I'm going to do my part to make sure we're taking this in the right direction, and look forward to our brand getting nice and big, so we can make sure we're making good choices as we continue to evolve. Um, I love it. Thanks, Patrick, again for being on the show, and thanks, Kevin and Tom. And this is uh, what this is uh, one of the uh, reasons I was uh, super excited about legalization is is seeing the new people come in, the new good people, and the one thing we all have in common is the people that love the plant, use the plant, tend to have a lot better ethics than the ones that don't. So, uh, Patrick, uh, your love for it shows through. Thanks for, thanks for being on, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Appreciate you guys. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.